Morning, Adam. How are you today? Fantastic, Jack. How about you? Every day coming in to make a podcast is a wonderful day. That would agree. That's what we're doing today. This is this is our Wednesday. Our Wednesday, we always try and try and uh, come up with with a discussion built around our coaching experience. What we do. My name is Jack Mancini, by the way. And this is Adam Sunhalter, my long-term, twenty-year. Uh, partner in business here with a company called Maximum Value Partners. And we're business coaches. We deal with companies that are small, 25 employees or under. And we try to help the owner become more profitable, take, uh, take advice relative to what works in the, in the uh, workplace, and try and make them enjoy and prosper their business, their small business. And we have great pleasure in doing that, especially when we're successful, and we usually are successful in moving the company forward to uh, towards those goals. We have a lot of fun doing it. And one of the offshoots is to take those adventures and shape them into a podcast. And that's what we're doing here today. And we try to we try to come up with something that's unusual. And in that light. When do you know when to get rid of somebody in your company? I mean, I can talk for hours on this stuff, but the listening audience has different different opinions and different <laughs> uh, listening capabilities here. So, right, fire away, Adam. Well, you got me thinking. You mentioned was it was Star Trek "Live Long and Prosper"? Is that what that was? That's yeah, the the salute. Yeah. Okay. The phrase you said just a few seconds ago, you mentioned about you know helping them prosper, right? Again, live long and prosper. You know, it's an important part of a of a small business uh, from that standpoint, Jack. So yes, welcome. This is episode three fifteen of three one five, Jack of uh, Dirty wow. Secrets of Small Business. We've been we've been at this for for over six years now, and we do a weekly shows. Jack said, and the idea is to share ideas and experiences that are going to help small business. And we like to share a lot of stories and experience we have, not only from our 20 years of coaching together, but also our, our times of owning and operating companies. And so the topic today comes from, you know, a lot of experiences we've had in terms of how do I know it's time to get rid of someone? And this is big picture. This is going to affect, can be uh, employees. It could be contractors. It could be vendors. It could be customers. But when it comes to small business, one of the things that we love about small business, Jack, is that you have a heart in small business, you know? It's a, there's a personal nature to it, you know, in terms of what kind of goes on. Cause you know, you and I have both been involved with big corporations, Jack, early in our careers. We saw what that looks like, that big corporate machine. And we know that many owners of small companies have experienced that as well, either directly of working for them, or perhaps many of them are customers of theirs. And so there's a different feel when it comes to that kind of small business, Jack versus big business. And so something as simple as getting rid of someone in a big business, it's, there's a lot of analysis going on. There's maybe a bunch of spreadsheets or, or databases are being tapped into, or they're looking at different KPIs or these fancy different things, Jack. But it comes down to often a number on a piece of paper or a name on a piece of paper. On a small business, whether it be, again, whether it be your employees, your vendors, your customers, you usually know all their names, Jack, right? In fact, you probably know their significant other names and their, their children. And you maybe know their favorite sports team, where they kind of grew up, you know, what they like to do for, for entertainment. You, you get to know these people. You form relationships. And so the idea of, and this sounds very cold, of just getting rid of someone, Jack, 
That's a very cold way of looking at stuff, isn't it? So it sounds kind of cold and prickly. Well, you know, like like anything, it depends on your point of view. <laughs> <laughs> so, if, if we we take we we take this overriding uh, way to rationalize some very tough decisions, and these are tough decisions, but we take we take uh, <clears throat> great pride in saying, "Look, at we're all confused here. We we got." differing opinions coming in from all angles we know we have a heart or we like to think we do and the size of it is is dependent on what this decision is going to do and we got to do what's best for the company in the long run we're here to make profit and things in our society today seem to be getting a little muddled up with that you know we aren't we aren't a non-profit service giving company we're a for-profit company that's providing services, but we expect direct payment for that. And in so doing, you have rules and you have a culture that has to conform to that, or at least certainly certainly have it as the top priority of the company. How excessive we go, how, how aggressive we go, that depends on the values and the heart, the size of the heart of the owner. <clears throat> And you know, you'll surround yourself with people who think like that, think a little more compassionately, if that's the right way to say it. But usually that comes at a price, and that's the price of profits, direct profits. And people argue that very, very strongly. And it makes for a great decision, not great decision, but a great discussion. Well, there's a couple of things. You, you mentioned the word heart several times, Jack. It's getting me to start thinking about the, the Grinch who stole Christmas, you know, in terms of how, how big the heart or how small the heart is in terms of what's kind of going on. But I want to make sure that, that the audience heard. You, you kind of snuck the, the, the key question into your discussion there, Jack, right? Which is, what's best for the organization? That's the, that's the question. And we've mentioned it on this show over the years as well, but it, it really applies here. <clears throat> And what that question does or what that question allows to happen is to take as much of the emotion out as you can, okay? It gives you a chance to step back. And so instead of thinking about what's best for that employee, boy, she's really nice, Jack, and, you know, going through a tough time right now and, you know, going through a divorce and has got three kids and all, you know, boy, that's really tough on her, right? Versus my customer versus whoever it might be. Not asking what's best for that particular individual, Versus what's best for the overall organization. And your point comes back to, well, what's the organization all about? And so as we talk about for a for-profit business, you got to be making money. Because if you aren't making money, as much as we all might love each other and, and get along, this is going to run out. Because you, you can only lose money for so long, Jack, before eventually the, the doors get closed. <clears throat> That's right. Can't keep shoveling that gold in there, can you? Well, you, yeah, again, if you have an endless supply of it, I guess you can. So some <laughs> folks may have that. Most of us don't have that, right? And so, but that's a, the, the, the palate cleansing question to be asking. When you, when, you, when you face these situations and start to look around and say, okay, what's best for the organization? And it's often hard to think that way because you get, you get so caught up in the emotions of stuff. And so um, one of the, the, the examples we talked about, maybe to tr try to frame this more from a personal standpoint, right? So no matter how old you are, young you are, you know, at some point you were in the dating in the dating realm. And maybe this was you, maybe this was a friend of yours, maybe this was a uh, a relative of yours, but we've all seen, you know, relationships that, that that you know from the outside you just you know you know aren't gonna work most likely, right? We've also had some uh, some friends come to us and talk about things and hey, you know, 
um, this person's really great. And, and, and they're spewing all these wonderful things for, for 20 minutes about how, how just great this person is in this relationship. And then you get this, you get this one, but Jack, but there's this one thing, Jack, right. And whatever that, 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 that big thing would be. Right. So for somebody like me, if, if I was, if I was having that and, you know, again, I'm happily married and it's not saying that I'm, I'm dating around, Jack, I'm saying I'm, we're doing a little pretend thing here. Right. But if I was, you know, saying, Hey, this woman's fantastic. All these things are great. But the, this one thing's really not, you know, there's one flaw that she's got, Jack. You say, what's that? Well, she kind of sleeps around on me, you know, sleeping with some other people. Well, for me, that's kind of a deal killer, you know. I'm kind of like those penguins or geese or ducks, wherever they, 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 they kind of mate for life. I'm, I'm kind of that 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 one-on-one guy. <laughs> a lot of folks, a lot of folks, that that might that might be a very positive thing, right? Instead of being a big butt and being and I get to do that too, right? Or, or, or it might be. So again, coming back to, I think you mentioned this a little earlier, Jack, in terms of kind of what your values are in terms of how, how you look at stuff. And again, coming back to the small business, it, it, work can get confusing and, and tough because there's a, there's a certain feel to this. There's certain things that, that you value that maybe you can't necessarily kind of put your, put your finger on. It might be a bunch of little things that are kind of going on too versus a, maybe versus a big thing. But it kind of starts with some of those big things in terms of, hey, what's, very important, you know, what are non-negotiables for you in your business? Maybe there's, there's a handful of in terms of how things are, are being done, how people are being treated, how they approach stuff, right? And so in our world, as we talk about this, and you know, as you get in a sense uh, uh, of the show so far, we look at what's best for the organization versus any particular individual from, you know, as part yes, of the Yes, that's the most, everyone's trying to strive for objectivity. And what's best for the organization in a company that's uh, or an organization that's established to make profit is making profit. That's, that's the number one goal. And many times and, and many times with personnel, that is almost purely subjective. So when there's subjective opinions coming into play with the, we'll call it the executive team, it becomes very difficult to have have consensus, although I'm not a big fan of consensus. Sometimes consensus makes sense, but the boss has to eventually, when he gets to these or she gets to these situations, has to get refocused. When you get refocused, because you have an opinion, Adam, I have an opinion, three other members of the team have opinions, and we like the diversity of the opinions, if they're focused on what's good for the company. If we go into the subjective realm, it becomes very sticky where the boss has to stick their nose into the middle of it and say, here's what we're gonna do, let's cut the bullshit. And that has to be done to keep the continuity and focus on what's best for the company. Because if we kind of gear off to the to the left or the right and start to get in the weeds of, of all the subjectivity, it's going to be nothing but heartache coming back to the heart. And it's going to be very, very messy. It gets messy the longer it's prolonged. So if there's a cause for sending somebody on their way, it should basically be decided fairly quickly and be executed, not the person the uh, function. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's kind of dramatic, Jack. That's it. Uh, we take him out in the firing squad or what? What were we talking about? Maybe, yeah. Segment, I won't go into the war. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah and, and this can impact, and, and it's one of the things that we've seen in our, like you said, in our 20 years together of coaching small businesses, Jack, it's one of the things that, that tends to really hurt or severely limits the, the business prospects for the company, really kind of holds things back. And, you know, we had a client years ago that kind of joked, he said, hey, why don't you tell me on day one, all I had to do is like fire everybody and replace them with, with different people, right? And so, well, because we, we don't know that's the case kind of starting day one. We, we, we come in with a, a very positive, open uh, approach to stuff and help and invite people in to, to get them involved in the business. And if they do that and they take to it, amazingly, they start to kind of grow. But that isn't always the case, you know, and, and it's often hard and we'll often make excuses for people, right? Hey, that person's been, been with me since day one, Jack. Or, hey, she was really key in helping us kind of grow here and everything else. But at some point, you may outgrow people in terms of what your needs are. You know, we see yeah. that, you know, you know, in terms of what 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 we do. You know, as you mentioned at the opening, our our main focus when it comes to the, 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 the clients for our coaching business is usually folks that are between one and 25 employees. That's usually where we start with them because what we do and some of the basics that we teach are needed, really needed at that level. <clears throat> and many of our clients grow beyond that 25 employee level, Jack. We often stay with them through that. And at some point though, we often will break again. You know, you know, most of our clients are not lifelong clients of ours. There are a few who are, but most, again, it's going to be a, a few years or, or several years, right? But at some point, there's there's a natural breaking point where, where you, you know you kind of you kind of move on and do and do different things, and that's true of, of employees too. It's true true of different customers. You know, it, it's never it's never fun. It's never it gets a little easier because you get used to it. You know, but we, we we've talked before about this as well about firing customers, and how people often will joke about that. But if you if you talk to ten small business owners and ask them the last time that they fired a customer. You'd be surprised if more than a couple could tell you when. You know, the other seven or eight have fantasized about it, talked about it, but they often haven't pulled the trigger on that for, for whatever reason it's going to be, you know? And so when we share a story about a client of ours and how we helped them fire the wrong, you know, the customer that was wrong for them, even though it was over 80% of their business, well, we didn't do this do it overnight. There was a plan to make that start to kind of happen. But you, you, you start to kind of look in terms of how is this good for the organization? And if you're in a, if you're in a position where you're, you know, for us, we see it where we have clients talking about this, a certain person or certain people often. And if it's, if it's, if it's usually negative, right, it's, you know, it can be viewed as hey, they're complaining about somebody in terms, of, in terms of what they're doing. Well, that's a sign that, hey, this person may not be right for you. Again, maybe they're good for a few years for you, but you've now kind of moved beyond them or they've, you know, not every employee is going to be there for, for life, Jack. I, I know we often think that way. Hey, we bring them in. It's good. And they're going to be here for life. But that really happens now. I mean, it used to be the case. You used to work for 30, 40 years, get your gold watch and your pension. And you kind of moved on, right? Well, that doesn't really exist much anymore. And so you know, these decisions of having to kind of, you know, get rid of people, it's a natural part of running a business in terms of, you know, deciding. And, and the key is to try to decide to do it at the right time. And if you wait too long, you know, and so, you know, to define what it is, you often, like you said, you were saying earlier, you can't necessarily maybe point to one particular thing. There's a certain feel to it. There's a certain, again, we're dealing with people here. As much as we all like to have the 72 steps to do this or to do that, Jack, you know, when you're dealing with people, there, there, there's approaches you take, but there's, a, there's adjustments along the way. There, there's things that happen in real time. You know, if you're having a discussion with somebody, you know, there, there's reactions that happen. 
And I know you're a big fan of kind of pressing people to get to their to get to their true feelings about stuff. So why don't you tell people how, how you do that to, to get people to kind of really kind of speak their mind? You become a burr. That's <laughs> what you do. Short-term burr. Hard-headed, don't listen. Just, you know, make sure that somebody gets a little emotional, uh, gets pissed. And that's all right. You know, it, it, it's all right because the truth comes out probably more so than just hearing nice, pat answers to something where somebody's had time to prepare and and uh it's pretty it's a pretty strong emotion emotion uh finding process and it happens quick well so how do you how do you find how do you know when it's it's time to get rid of somebody <clears throat> how do you know adam how do you how do you figure that out if, if, and we're, we're talking more small company, the leadership team, uh, there's issues. Yeah. When they're, when they're painted both sides with, with uh, a lot of subjectivity, I'll come back to that word, it's going to be tough and the boss has to be ready to make a decision because everyone's kind of entrenched. Nobody's convincing anyone else in the meeting that. You know, this is the right. This is the right way to go. It's, although that, that does happen, maybe a little bit, but uh, not usually. People walk out of there with their arms crossed and still mad. So, but a decision has to be made. <clears throat> and are there issues? Issues? Uh, written pros and cons about certain things or activity expected about uh, our employees. You hear a lot of a lot of uh, accolades to small businesses, but they don't follow up what they have on these charts and these these uh, windows of announcements. And <clears throat> so, how do you how do you do that? How do you decide when somebody has to go? Is like there your, any pat answer to it? <clears throat> well, I, I like your burr your burr response, Jack. All right, I mean that's what it kind of comes down to. If all of a sudden that person what again if let's say it's an employee they're kind of a burr a burr to you right all of a sudden again they're, they're an irritant to you right <clears throat> you know we had we had a client years ago where he had a long-term employee you know uh, actually it was an employee that was there longer than he'd been there you know because the, the, this owner had bought into the business and this employee was a burr Right. You know, there, there's always there's always stories. There's always something to kind of go on. There's always some irritants going on. Maybe not every day, but certainly pretty much every week, every month, there, there are certain irritants. And so the simple exercise we asked this client of ours to do, Jack, was, well, you know, between now and when we see you here, you know, here in a few weeks, why don't you just keep a little list of stuff that this person does. Right. And he couldn't wait for our next meeting. He came in froth at the mouth. He goes, I got it. So what? So I, I got three pages of stuff. Three pages. What do you mean? He goes. I started writing stuff down. He said, for two, in a half an hour, I, I put down <laughs> eighty-five examples of stuff that this person has done. None of which, by themselves, Jack, was really a big deal. If you kind of take each of those little things, just pull them out by themselves. Well, you know, okay, it's it's a little bit of of an annoyance, a little bit of an irritant, maybe, right? But then of itself, wasn't you know, so it wasn't a fireable offense, right? But collectively, and that was where the the music started playing. The sun came out. All of a sudden, ah, hey, hey. The, the lights came out. You could see, hey, this person just isn't the right, isn't the right fit. 
And that's what it took to get him over the hump. Again, this is almost two decades that this person has been there. To say, hey, this person just isn't the right fit. And it's best for the organization for that person not to be here. All right? And so it's often a bunch of those little things that come down versus, as I was saying before, it could be there's, there's, there's got to be a handful of, of key things for you that are non-negotiable. So, hey, you know, we'll often joke that there's a lot of gray area in the business, Jack. There's, there's so many regulations out there. There's different tax laws out there. There's, there's so much gray that's out there, right, in terms of how you interpret stuff, how you kind of do stuff. And so often you're, you're in that gray area. And, and it's not necessarily right or wrong. It's, just, you know, how do you view stuff? And so, um, but some folks, things aren't gray. They're black and white. That's it, Jack, right? And simple right and wrong or reverse. Okay, so those folks aren't going to get along too well, right? So if all of a sudden, if you're all of a sudden a kind of a gray person and you're bringing in your, your, uh, your office manager or bookkeeper who's, who's all black and white, I can guarantee you you're going to have problems in the first couple of weeks. Right. Yep. Because of just absolutely things, of things you're doing to try to interpret. Say, you know, so it, it's, it's starting to kind of, it starts with kind of knowing yourself, I guess, in terms of, you know, do you have a couple of those key non-negotiables for you? So, you know, we've talked about this and, you know, um, just recently fired a client just because they can continue to, to, to renegotiate stuff and keep nitpicking stuff. You know, we're handshake guys. We, we talk about that a lot, Jack. When we, we, we bring a new, bring a new client on board, you know, we've got a an engagement agreement, but it's basically like a it's like a handshake. We're, we're going to agree. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Again, that's how we are. And so, I don't want to deal with folks who are going to shake my hand and make an agreement and then, and then go do something else or come back and try to renegotiate stuff. Not my kind of person. Yep. Yeah, that's not a favorite person either. It's not the way to do business well. But that's that's me personally, though. Yeah. <clears throat> Some people might enjoy that. Hey, I enjoy that kind of spark. Okay, that's fine. Go ahead and do it. But it's not for me. So <clears throat> a big part of this is is doing a little reflection into yourself as the owner. And again, you know, do you have a couple of those non-negotiables? And then coming back to these irritants. Because the irritants are a big deal. Because it, it, it's often day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year after year. And it starts to wear on you and as you mentioned before get somebody emotional they'll kind of they'll blow in in terms of what their their real feelings are and stuff and we we've mentioned before about s's and their snits right if you get an s going finally after months or years of this stuff you, you better look out right um <laughs> it just happens you know people just it's all built up over time so those are a couple of things in terms of, again you know knowing yourself in terms of what some of your your non-negotiables are going to be and then looking at what those irritants are and asking, well, why is this irritating you? Is it irritating you because, again, it's going to get some of those, those key values for you? Or is it irritating because it's not necessarily what's best for the organization, Jack? Come back to that kind of question. Now, it just comes that, you know, people don't like me because I'm a, I'm a Michigan fan. You're an Ohio State fan. Okay, well, that's, again, that's a minor irritant, right? And you have fun with that versus that's not really necessarily, I would call a, a core a core value, right? Much like I'm able to work with you being a St. Ed's guy, even though I'm a St. Ignatius guy, right? It's okay. You know, that's not, it's, we had fun with it, right? It's, it's not, a, it's not an irritant from that standpoint. Well, <clears throat> you, uh, you got a couple of plateaus here. One is, you know, when, when do you know it's time to let somebody go? <clears throat> so the, the executive team should meet. 
hash out the, the a grievance uh, that, that had been made and make the case for getting rid of that person, or whatever it is. Then the next phase is the execution of that, telling that person that they're terminated. And it's done all the time in business. It's probably one of the most emotional decisions that top management has to make, unless somebody is you know, coming in here with a loaded gun and doing some craziness like that. But if it's uh, the, the give and take of business and personal life and you know the moods you come into business with each day and how you treat your peers, you know, those things are all going into the mix here to where all of a sudden there's an issue with an employee that has to go. So how you do it should take discussion. It shouldn't be taken lightly. It should be, be uh, done in a manner that's professional. And the key is to do it. Don't not do it. Do it. Get it done. Because I'm not a believer in reclamation projects. Uh, some people are. I was just going to ask if we're in that executive meeting you're talking about, Jack, and somebody's making the case, well, hey, she just doesn't know. Like, you know, she's not aware this is a problem. Or we can we can let her know about it and she'll she'll do better. She'll she'll change, Jack. She'll get in line. You're shaking your head going. Don't uh, bother usually, with That's a recommendation project in your mind. Usually doesn't happen for people over 21. So <laughs> but though we'll give leeway to uh, under 30 <clears throat> sometimes. Age is a factor here. Even, you know, the maturity, the experience, um, you know, for their actions. They still have a possibility of of uh you know, changing somewhat, but most people don't, especially if they're older in the workplace. They do what they do. We all do. So if it doesn't fit your set of values, chances are very high that you won't hang around eventually. One side will get you, either you or them. So yeah, they, they form their opinions and their, <laughs> their set of values over a number of years before they even came into your world is your point, right? And so for you to think that all of a sudden, you're going to change them and they're going to magically see the light. Now they may fake it. That's okay too, I guess for the short term, right? If, if, if somebody goes from being an irritant to not being an irritant anymore, because they're, they're adjusting themselves. And that probably happens a lot. If I go back to the, the whole gold watch and 30, 40 years of working on your pension, right? There are a lot of disgruntled employees there too, aren't there? But, there are. but, but they were focused <laughs> on, Hey, I need the job. And I have that light at the end of the tunnel that I'm trying to get to and I'll, I'll you know, button my, my lip and not say things and, and, and get in line, right? Kind of tell that line. Um, it doesn't necessarily that way anymore. People feel free to kind of speak their mind about stuff or, or do certain things. And again, that's okay. It's, and there's a place for that. There's a place for people to kind of fit in there. But if, if we aren't asking that question, I'll keep coming back to it. We've mentioned it 10 times already, but if we aren't asking the question of what's best for the organization, chances are, our organization is going to be slowed down, damaged, right? Certainly held back because we're dealing with individual agendas versus our combined agenda, which is to have a sustainable, growing, profitable company. And we do that, then we can all do good things and we can all succeed. And we can do other, you know, it's okay to have a, 
a, a break between business and personal, isn't it? A little bit to have, you know, hey, I'm coming to my job. I'm coming to work. I act a certain way at work, but I don't act at home. It's like you don't come in drunk to work, right? You may go, you may get drunk at your family reunion, but you're not going to come in drunk to work. I hope. If you are, it's probably, probably going to cause a probably going to cause a problem at some point, right? So, so again, we, we all we all modify behaviors. We all kind of bite our tongues in different ways, and it's to make sure that that we're aligned with some of those key issues. And that one question of what's best for the organization is the best question we found over over decades, Jack, to help to kind of take some emotion out and get everybody focused on having the right kind of discussions in terms of what's kind of going on and and, and what's really important for that organization. Because again, that one person. And a small company can create all kinds of problems. That's right. Help. Yeah. Good. So if that's something you're struggling with, again, we're focusing more on the employee side today, but again, that's true of customers as well. If you have certain customers who are irritants, you know, think about the impact that has on your, on your people. I come back to, as referenced a little while back by the one customer we had that, you know, was, was 80 plus percent of their business and it was the wrong customer. Well, Part of the reason why they were the wrong customer, Jack, was that they were a big time irritant to everybody. They were they were you know, abusive, maybe a little strong, but it, you know felt certainly abusive to them in terms of how they were they weren't being valued as a partner, and they weren't respecting their time and you know just the way that that, that they were being treated. <laughs> so it's like any relationship, right? If you're in a personal relationship and that person's abusive to you, and you kind of put up with it, they figure, well, that's just how things are. That's how you're you're okay with that, you know. And if your employees see that, well, hey. You know, if all of a sudden I'm the one who's getting those late night emails or phone calls, Jack, and you aren't as the owner getting those things, well, I mean, it's not irritant to you, but it's an irritant to me. You know, this is the kind of people that we want to be dealing with, you know? I mean, so it comes down to those kind of things. Just be being aware of that. It really kind of goes across the organization. And, you know, to have those kind of difficult conversations of when it's time to get rid of somebody. Again, whether it be an employee, whether it be a customer, whether it be a vendor, there are times where you have to start to kind of do that. And it's never, again... It's not simple. It's not easy. To your point, you, you don't want to take it lightly, but you got to be decisive about it. And that's the key: being decisive for situations like this. And don't think you're going to fix them, right, Jack? That's what you're trying to say in terms of the, the reclamation projects. You aren't, you, we aren't going to fix them. Just like when people, you know, get, you know, we joke about, hey, people are going to get married. I'll, I'm going to fix them, Jack. That's what, that's what she says. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you smile, not go. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Let's see how long this one lasts, right? So same thing's true in business, folks. <clears throat> all right. So that's the show for this week. I uh, appreciate y'all listening. As we mentioned before, this is episode 315. That means we have 314 other episodes. If you go to our website of dirtysecretsofsmallbusiness.com, you'll see an episodes uh, button there. You click on that. There's actually a search box. You can search for if you have certain questions you're trying to get answered. They'll feedback whatever uh, shows we've done on that. If you aren't finding a show that makes sense, please feel free free to email us at radio at maximumvp.com or give us a call 877-849-0670. Be happy to answer the question for you directly, or we can put together a show like this for you to answer it not only for you, but to answer it for the audience audience as well. If you have a smart device and you listen to podcasts that way, um, go to your favorite podcast player, whether it be iHeart, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. If you search for Dirty Secrets of Small Business, uh, we typically drop a new episode every Thursday. And so it'll be put right there and delivered right, right to your smartphone, as well as all the prior episodes as well. You, you can access them, them all there as well. So um, that's what we got for you this week. Appreciate you listening. And we'll talk with you all next week. Okay, Adam. See you then. All right. <laughs>